This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It wants to simplify how Americans stay up to date on their COVID-19 booster vaccinations. The agency says it wants the process to be more like getting a flu shot. That would mean assessing what COVID strains are circulating in June and then preparing a dose for the fall. The FDA says the plan is to create a single annual shot to bolster immunity for most people, but those with certain risk factors might need two. The FDA's Vaccines Advisory Committee is set to meet Thursday to discuss the plan. Reports the FDA is considering offering yearly COVID-19 boosters. The agency wants to simplify the process to look more like the flu vaccine, saying most people may only need one dose of the latest COVID shot to restore protection. An advisory committee is scheduled to meet Thursday and will be asked to vote on You know, it's interesting. I, I had not gotten my COVID uh, booster. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one? The fourth. The fourth. Yeah. Because, you know, we went to London, then got COVID. COVID, yeah. Got completely knocked down for a while. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah. Months. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't say months. You were knocked down for months. Months? Yes. I wouldn't say months. No, it was a long time. <laughs> so anyway... Weeks. Let's take just no, weeks. And it was weeks. I, I, I was fatigued for a long it time. It took three months. I'll say it's very interesting, though, uh, because the, the, we're, we're learning a lot more about what, what your, your resistance to COVID may be. Yeah. I, what was that? Back in September, uh, just got, got uh, my checkup, and uh, the antibodies are like at 100% right now. Interesting. So for, for, it, it kind of works out. But again, we found, out, we found out the boosters, the vaccines, they don't stop the disease, but they certainly do make a big impact. Instead of me being down for a month right. with fatigue, if I'd taken the booster, I would have probably sneezed and said, what was that? And kept going. Exactly. That's the difference. And so I love when people go, oh, I'm not going to cause the difference. So you still get COVID. If I you know. Get that. Now, that's, 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 that's not, not the purpose of it. That's never been the purpose of the flu shot. It's so it builds up your resistance, just like actually getting COVID builds up your resistance. Exactly. So keep you from listen. The so do yourself a favor, right? And get off the websites that Chinese religious cults are are, are putting as a front, so they can get a stronghold in America and in your mind, and and get yourself a booster shot. It's important. You'll be glad um, you did. One more headline for. I tell you, I will take uh, the reporting of Epoch Times. See, that's a snarky thing, the uh, Chinese cult, the uh, uh, the Epoch Times, right? That's what he's talking about in the great reporting they've done over the lies, misrepresentations, and spin and the blood on their hands of uh, Morning Mika and, uh, and Joe right there. Uh, and you talk about a change of direction. Remember, for a year and a half, they just hammered you every day. You had to do this for the good of the nation, for the transmissibility. You were selfish. You you had to be, you couldn't go to school. You couldn't have your job. You couldn't play pro basketball in the National Football League over and over and over again. Right there, 
How 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 brazen is that? It was never about uh, getting the disease or transmissibility. But then you lied for almost two years. I, I want to start with. I've got Naomi Wolf. We have Mary Holland, the general counsel of Children's Health Defense. Naomi, first off, congratulations, and I'm so glad this thing's kind of become a. Uh, because I talked to some people in publishing today, and they're like, hey, when did you guys start publishing books? I said, we actually didn't. We 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 added the manpower, the muscle for uh, for Naomi and uh, and Daily Clouds, Amy Kelly, and the lawyers to, to get the work done. And they put the book out, and they're going, well, the book is the talk of the publishing industry. I think, I don't know, we're number three, four, five of books, not just, not Kindles. Of books, but as I talk to people who are buying it, there's it's like the Robert Kennedy book, which you know had all the sexiness of a telephone book when it came out, but it sold what a million and a half. It sold a million and a half copies. It was a phenomena, probably the biggest selling nonfiction book of that year. This is getting, and it's not. It, it, these things are not particularly made to be accessible. Everybody talks about accessibility. This is fairly dense, but people can't get enough of it because they want to know facts. And right there, morning, morning, Mika. Is the is the perfect example of why people are hungry for facts? Because ha- haven't they just radically changed the narrative on folks, uh, Naomi Wolf? It's so extraordinary to watch a segment like that. And what's really interesting to me is watching body language these days, because probably contractually, um, Mika can't say, "Well, this is obviously nonsense." We're saying the opposite now to our audience than we said um, for a year and a half up till a couple of months ago. Uh, Remember when we were telling everyone it stopped transmission, it kept you from getting COVID. Um, And, and, you know, when she reacted to, uh, to, to Joe saying, well, of course, it's not supposed to stop COVID, right, with that hand gesture, you know, she can't say you're full of nonsense. This is absurd. I can't believe I'm here mouthing these platitudes that are so false. But her whole body language was like, I am standing on the edge of a grave full of putrefying maggots and I can't really say anything, but I'm recoiling from you and from what I have to say. And then when she kept saying, yeah, you are really sick. You are really sick. You have three or four boosters and you still got quite sick from COVID. You were out for three months. I mean, the subtext there was pretty clear to me. Um, And, you know, this is why Freud was such an important figure in Western history. Truth comes out, right? And even if they're not allowed by contract to say, I realize now belatedly that I have been um, a spokesperson for the biggest attack on human health in human history, and I have blood all over my hands, and I'm really sorry, and I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to get down on my knees and beg forgiveness from the universe and from my audience. Um, they nonetheless, the the body expresses, the facial expressions express, and her inability to not say you were super, super, super sick, and you told all these people, you know, that getting this this injection would solve all their problems in relation to COVID. That was fascinating. Um, but yes, of course, uh, you know, I have to believe that <laughs> the fact that we have a number five Kindle ebook nonfiction bestseller. We're snuggling up right there in, in new releases on Kindle nonfiction. We're right next to Prince Harry, as you mentioned, with the biggest PR campaign imaginable. And we have nothing but word of mouth of the good people on this show and other people who care about truth and science and medicine and care about their loved ones. Um, it's it's phenomenal. And I have to believe that now that this you know 500 to 700 page depending on what format you use, uh, Pfizer documents, War Room, Daily Cloud, 
Reports ebook is is out there, you know, climbing up the bestseller lists. If it stays up there on around number five for six more days, the legacy media has to put us in their bestseller lists, whether they want to or not. But that is just, you know, 700 pages worth of straight up fact, medical analysis of the highest order based on primary source documents that Pfizer and the FDA colluded with and they wanted to keep hidden from 75 years for 75 years. So I have to believe that that's driving the spokespeople who took the money, just as we saw into contortions like the ones we've seen. What else can you do? I want to bring in uh, Mary Holland for a second. And, and so, Mary, explain to me what is going on here. They're now, you guys are the Mary's for Children's Health Defense. You've been at the tip of the spear of all of this, of obviously COVID, but but in, in also all vaccines. What's the game they're trying to play? Because they went through this whole rigmarole about emergency use authorization, the, the bivalent, you know, booster. You can even see Joe Scarborough's right there when Mika turns to him. You haven't had your fourth, right? That even the spokesmodels for this have not been getting it. Are they trying to pivot for business reasons, liability reasons? Why all of a sudden it's going to become like the COVID goes from the, the thing that was killing everybody to now you just got to get an annual shot to play, pay big pharma uh, big money. Why are they doing this and how are they doing it? Well, I would just point out that it, whatever the body language was, Mika and Joe just told people to go get their boosters. Uh, they are still sticking with the narrative that you need to keep getting your COVID shots. And we know these have been phenomenally um, lucrative for pharma, and yet we also know that they're not safe, they're not effective, they don't stop transmission, and they don't stop infection. So this is the pivot to normalize COVID. COVID is gonna be here with us forever. And now we're only, we're gonna take away the original shot. We're only gonna have this bivalent, which is for the Omicrons and for the um, another strain. And what they're saying to us now, Steve, is every June, they're gonna come up with a new formulation. And they've already been testing flu and coronavirus vaccines together. What's most horrifying about this that people have to recognize is none of these shots uh, since June, 2022 have ever been tested on humans. They are literally making the human population the guinea pigs for these gene therapy shots. Um, they're going to keep pushing this. That's very clear. There's the meeting at the FDA on Thursday, although there are some interestingly dissident voices, including Paul Offit, the primary spokesperson for vaccines for decades. But still, the, the Verbach is likely to vote. And if they don't vote in favor of this annual shot, the FDA will overrule their expert committee. And probably they know they have the votes lined up anyway. But they're moving now, they're pivoting to make COVID like flu. This is normalized. And then we're still waiting for the next pandemic. Not quite sure if they're gonna pull out monkeypox or tuberculosis or measles, but for sure, the pandemic preparedness work that's being laid at the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, there will be more pandemics if they, if the powers that be have anything to do with it. Mary, hang, hang on a second. I got a draft of what you're saying. Go back to Naomi. Naomi, I think you, your uh, group and the and the work you're doing, you know, she just goes there. It's not tested on, really tested on humans. At best, this is a failed beginning of a clinical trial since that is a demonstrable fact that the children's health defense who are the experts in the area know and you have proven to a public 
how are we, you guys help me out, how are we having this meeting on Thursday? And how can this even be not on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post and 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 uh, the the Times of London? How, why are we perpetuating this? It's quite evident, as Mary said, demonstrable that it doesn't work. But even more important, it's not really been tested on humans since what June or twenty twenty. How can this scam and how can this con continue on, ma'am? Well, I want to wholeheartedly second what Ms. Holland just said. Absolutely, she's right that they're normalizing um, COVID and what's and, and these injections. And what's so fascinating is this messaging is not, holy cow, you're not just going to have one shot, then the second shot, then one booster, then the second booster, and then you're done and COVID is over. But it's an amplification of now we expect it every year. We're going to roll it out every year. She's exactly right. And what I pointed out, um, last night, and I want to point it out to all of you um, again, or maybe yesterday morning, you know, who who didn't watch it yesterday, is that um, these injections, it, it's not just a failed uh, clinical trial, right, or an inadequate cl- clinical trial, as Ms. Holland very rightly points out. I think it's a successful um, uh, assault against human beings in the sense that these studies out of Hong Kong that were done in... Um, 2021 showed that the first injection in mice causes significant damage, but the second injection causes catastrophic damage, heart enlargement, white patches on the heart, which by the way, people are seeing in human beings now who have myocarditis, they don't understand it. Crystallizations on the heart, well, it's right there in these studies coming out of Hong Kong. And what Dr. Chandler um, and others on our team and on other teams have found is that the lipid nanoparticles um, accumulate, as I mentioned when I was last on your show, in the ovaries as well as in other organs. And the, Dr. Chandler and our team have seen no method by which they leave the body. So you're getting some in your ovaries if you're female with first injection, more with the second injection, more with the third, more with the fourth. And then by the you know annual injection, you're just packing your organs with this um, industrial fat coated in polyethylene glycol. And uh, as Dr. Chandler said, it's like it's like a shotgun blast throughout the body. It biodistributes throughout the body. So I believe, as you know, that this is a bioweapon. I've done the reporting showing it's being manufactured in concert with the CCP. The IP and the tech went per SEC filing in 2021 to China. China's open manufacturing plants all over Western Europe and now in North America. And so to me, it's just a slow way to debilitate, if not kill off the population of North America and Western Europe. And I I say that very conservatively and very advisedly. Um, I think it's extraordinarily dangerous and and terrifying that they're um, promoting this now as an annual thing. And, you know, of course, they're going to rubber stamp it on Thursday because the, this advisory committee is wholly enthralled to the industry. As we exposed the last time we talked about the advisory committee, they were all upset that they hadn't been shown a critical document showing that they shouldn't okay the bivalent boosters that was published in a peer-reviewed medical journal. Um, and they were blaming the FDA for not showing it to them. The other thing I would like to note is that the Food and Drug Administration isn't supposed to be in the business of of, of mandating or rolling out or injecting people with medicines. They're supposed to make sure they have a pretty conservative, narrow uh, regulatory role. Uh, you know, Ms. Holland can contradict me if this is not correct, but as I understand it, their job, the Food and Drug Administration, their job is just to make sure it's safe. 
They're not supposed to be saying, okay, it's not only safe, but we want you to take it. We want you to take it every year. We want you to, like, that's supposed to be up to your doctor. That's supposed to be between you and your doctor. Their only job is to make sure our food and, and drugs are safe. So, Mary, given uh, Naomi's, uh, you know, categorically improve it's not safe, you mentioned the World Economic Forum. If we don't stop this here or use this evidence, this data, this science to thwart this effort, what's to stop Gavi and, uh, and, uh, and, and the Bill and Melinda Gates and the World Economic Forum? Of course they're going to continue to come out with things because they're going to say, hey, where the evidence was so overwhelming— the, the, the people that uh, opposed it just got steamrolled. So, so from Children's Health Defense perspective, what then is to be done? Well, there's some good news here, Steve, that people are not listening to the FDA and the CDC anymore. So only 16% of adults have taken these boosters, uh, and they've been available since August. So people are really wising up, despite all the marketing. People are also pushing back against the World Economic Forum. Elon Musk on Twitter just did a poll of two and a half million people. What do you think of the World Economic Forum? Do you want them in control? And 80 plus percent said, no, we do not want them in control of the world. So I think there is a pushback. Another thing I'd point to is that the Cleveland Clinic, very reputable mainstream medicine, came out with a study in the middle of December showing that every new dose you get, you're more likely to get COVID. Leave aside the heart attack risk, the stroke risk, the, the encephalitis risk, and all of those other very real, very serious risks that we see in the vaccine adverse event reports in reporting system, we see that your risk of COVID increases. And Mika did basically let the cat out of the bag by saying, Joe, you were sick for three months after your third booster. He was obviously very sick. And there's also a very interesting recent mouse study that came out of China that shows that in humanized mice, after four shots, there's basically a collapse of the mice's immune system. So these shots are really dangerous. And, and I hope that that message getting through to people who are still considering getting their annual COVID shot. Naomi, what you've done so much in courts, and I know Children's Health Defense is, if, if, if all this evidence is out there, peer-reviewed journals are coming out, uh, I understand historically the, the, uh, the uh, big pharma has immunity on certain things like this, legal immunity. But what is, isn't there a way for class action suits, isn't there a way to go after the people that took the billion dollars the government ladled out? Uh, the the New York Times, the MSNBC, which you just see these advertisements on every day about getting your booster. Isn't there an opportunity here for people that don't want to have it and have had their lives destroyed, whether they're in the military, whether the nurses, pilots, I mean, you name it, kids that had their senior year taken away from them, uh, yeah. college kids, you know, your beloved Yale. Uh, it, we're, we're, we're still in the countdown to the 31st where, hey, Play me or trade me. Either get you either get the bivalent or you don't go back to Yale. Uh, isn't there some way for collective action here? So, you know, yes, it, it is really hard. And and Miss Holland is a lawyer, and you know she she can speak very deeply to this. But um, many wonderful organizations, including ours and including theirs, as I understand it, are are bringing lawsuits. Um, we've got uh, Scott Street and John Howard out of Los Angeles who have sued Pfizer for us. 
and um, exactly on this premise that they committed uh, fraud on the American people. And we've got George Smith, who's moving ahead with a class action um, suit uh, with uh, uh, plaintiffs out of Ohio. Um, and as I've mentioned in the past, but more and more evidence accumulates with these now 52 reports from the Pfizer uh volunteers, the War Room Daily Cloud volunteers. Um, there are a number of, of crimes as well as civil causes of action. Um, false advertising is a big one. And absolutely, arguably, our lawyers have said that uh, media who have taken the money to defraud their audiences, to publish things that are not true about how safe and effective this injection is, and if people were harmed after that, um, they could also be liable uh, for false advertising or for um, for coercion of other kinds because people were doing things they wouldn't have done if they had had free will and all of the information. And the last thing I would say is that in this country, it is against the law to withhold informed consent. Um, all of those doctors who, all of those nurses, I mean, my, you know, when I went to see an RN at one medical, she said it was like being in a back alley. It's like, you know, pot, you know, uppers, downers. She was like, you know, shingles vaccine, booster, like whatever vaccine I wanted. And she didn't give me any cautionary information, no side effects, um, no warning at all. That's not informed consent. And that's arguably unlawful. So yes, there are many causes of action in spite of the PrEP Act. But what I just want to say, I'm kind of a big believer in legislation because it's much cheaper. It's our right to pass legislation. It's how our system is supposed to work. And litigation is very expensive, civil litigation. So there are a number of bills. If you go on, on bill cam, you'll see the top trending bills. There are like three really good federal bills to take away legal uh, impunity from um, vaccine manufacturers for the harms they've done. And people should pass those. Contact your representative, get them passed. Well, we have uh, Congressman Rosendale on here uh, next, and we'll, we'll definitely ask him. Uh, it, it, on the legal side, Children's health defense has been at the tip of the spear. Is there, is there any hope whatsoever that legal actions start to? I mean, if if the evidence is that overwhelming, it would seem to me you'd be able to husband this into some sort of court of law to to take take on big pharma and quite frankly big media and big tech that colluded together to do this, ma'am. This is if if proven in a court, it will be the biggest scandal in American history. So like, like Ms. Wolf, we're certainly working on that. We have about 50 lawsuits in the works. We won a lawsuit last week against the New York State healthcare mandate, uh, the mandate for all healthcare workers. And the judge found that the mandate, now that it's very clear that these shots don't stop infection or transmission, he held that the mandate was arbitrary and capricious. Uh, we haven't yet heard whether New York State is going to appeal that or not. We also just filed a lawsuit, I believe it was last week, against the Trusted News Initiative on behalf of Children's Health Defense, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and several other plaintiffs. And that's a case, it's an antitrust case, it's civil litigation, but it's against the BBC, against Reuters, against the Washington Post for colluding to silence voices like yours, Steve, to silence all of the independent press. And it's very clear that this is an existential threat to them economically, not just in terms of the orthodoxy. Yes, they've paired with the government. Yes, that's illegal and a violation of the First Amendment. But they've been doing this for commercial reasons as well, because they know that these smaller, truthful voices are attracting huge audiences. So we are absolutely fighting this. We have a case right now against Rutgers University the first university to impose a mandate against students that's now on appeal in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. And I do believe that ultimately we will prevail in a lot of
of these lawsuits. But as Naomi says, they're expensive, they take time, and I do agree that legislative solutions are desirable. And we're also working with people in Washington. And I think increasingly, there are people who understand just how diabolical a lot of these agendas really are. Well, particularly a lot of the people, the MAGA people in the in the House, definitely. By the way, to show that we work together, we got uh, the the great uh, massive hit of the Robert Kennedy book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and of course Naomi's book, uh, The Bodies of Others, in a, in a box set. You can get that. Uh, I got to tell you, they're both amazing. The Kennedy book, with the blockbuster bestseller of uh, of twenty twenty one, correct? The just an incredible, right. incredible uh, book. Um, Children, sorry. Do, do you say I what? I was going to say coming out with the Wuhan cover-up very soon, which is sort of the sequel to the real Anthony Fauci. No, you, Robert Kennedy Jr. and, and Children's Health Defense, along with uh, Naomi and Daley Clout, are going to be major players in these investigation starts. So the, the, we're at the top of the first inning on this. I keep telling people this is we got a long way to go. Big pharma, big tech, and big media. They're dug in hard on this one. You can tell by this flip to, to the annual. Now we're going to do it annually. Uh, they're dug in hard, and they're, it's going to take the courts and legislation to dig them out. It's going to, it's got to be a people's movement. Mary, uh, we got to bounce. How do people get to social media and how they get to Children's Health Defense? So childrenshealthdefense.org is our main website. We have a daily newsletter that's free, The Defender. We have CHD TV. We have about 20 hours of content a week, and we're on Twitter. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is on Twitter. So please come join us. We, we welcome you. Uh, Mary, thank you. Thank you all the all the great work you're doing. Thank you for the kind words about the independent journalism. Um, Naomi, how do people get? We got to get this book number one. We got to top uh, Princess Harry Hewitt uh, in the uh, in the uh, in, in the rating in the ratings. Is that is that catty enough? Am I bitchy enough right there? Um, how did how do they get to the book? How do they get to you, ma'am? Yeah, it's so important. I want to thank everyone. You took this book from a quarter of a million slots down to now number five on Kindle nonfiction in, in, in like three days. It's unbelievable. I think unprecedented in publishing in my experience. Um, we need you to keep it in the top five for six more days. And then the mainstream media will have to face the facts that they've been lying about for two years. So uh, you go to Amazon, you look up War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer documents book, and you just go ahead and order it. And by the way, you can gift it, right, with an email. So you can gift it to your loved ones who don't want to hear. You can gift it to your representative. You can gift it to Rochelle Walensky. And also please support um, Children's Health Defense as well as Daily Cloud because they're doing heroic work and it's expensive and laborious work. They're heroes. They really are. Naomi, th thank you. Honored to have you on here. Great work. Look forward to having you back. Short break. Todd Benzman on the border and Congressman Matt Rosendale next. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. 
Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandit to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, I want to go to Todd Benzman. Todd, um, I want to make sure people understand these numbers are so massive that are coming out about what actually happened at the board, the December numbers. I want you to go through it here in a second. But uh, you've explained this to people. It's going to happen. And now we're going to get into this pitched uh, battle of the impeachment of Mallorcas and all this. And I want you to explain to people once again how you called this shot months ago, but it's, starting to, it's going to start manifesting itself pretty quickly in lower numbers at the border when, in fact, we're actually having more illegal immigration. So, so walk us through that, sir. Sure. Well, I've got a piece out in Newsweek today that is describing uh, the whole scam, and it is quite scammy, this thing. Uh, what they're doing is the administration has created a new extra-legal parallel immigration admittance system inside Mexico, south of the border, where they are now pre-legalizing thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of immigrants that would have crossed the border, but now they're going to give them something called humanitarian parole, which is not legally used in this context, and they're going to walk them through the ports of entry so that they come off the illegal entry statistics. Uh, what they'll do then is tell you that look what we've done, we've eliminated, we've reduced the illegal entry statistics. Everything's great, don't worry about it. But the amount by which they reduce those statistics will be coming in anyway through the port of entry outside of the view of news drones and outside of your ability to even count them up. We're still trying to figure out how they're gonna be doing the accounting, where they're gonna be keeping track of this. But it's already begun. The numbers down there from from uh, my sources on the border uh, are already kind of down to the Trump era uh, numbers coming across illegally between ports of entry. That's not because they're not coming. Remember, that's not because they're not coming. They're just coming over here instead through the ports of entry. It's a sleight of hand. It's a Houdini trick. It's an accounting fraud. Uh, don't buy into it. Uh, they're still coming in. You're going to see cities across the country declaring emergencies still and asking for federal bailouts and permanent transformation to the United States. The uh, Give me, while I've got you, give me the December number, because I want to talk about uh, the illegal aliens that are here. And we've got a team, remember, uh, and Ben Burkwam, Michael Yan, and... Uh, Oscar Blue Ramirez will hopefully be with us tomorrow. They're in the middle of the Darien Gap right now. Remember, they're taking this journey all the way from the border of Venezuela and Colombia all the way up to show you how dangerous it is. And quite frankly, the stunning thing, Todd, as you know, you've been down there, is now how it's metastasized. It's gotten bigger because 
the whole world, these people are very sophisticated. The cartels are obviously sophisticated, but the folks are too. They all have cell phones. They understand the gate's open right now, and now they've set up this extra legal, which means not really legal, system. The Biden regime has gamed the system. First off, the asylum system was never set up for this. These people are economic migrants. That means they are not eligible for asylum, but they've gained the Italian system. Before I let you go, Todd, I want to make sure people understand the December number that just came in and how how massive that was. It's the biggest number we've ever seen. It might be the last time you see a number that big in the illegal entry category, at least for a while. Uh, It was 250,000, a quarter of a million That included 221 that were apprehended illegally crossing in the month of December and 30,000 crossing through the ports of entry. Uh, The 30,000, I should mention, used to be a year ago was like 2,000, 3,000 a month, 30,000. I suspect that what's happening is that those are, are some of the people that are being escorted in. I don't have that confirmed yet. I'm doing everything I can to confirm that that's what that number is. That number is shooting straight up like an arrow. So that might be the number to keep an eye on to be able to yeah. see how they're how, how, how many, doing. How, how, before I go to Matt Rosendale, how many how many gotaways? That's the 250 that were apprehended oh. of the okay. – that all 80% got in the country. How many gotaways? So the gotaways for December uh, was upwards of 90,000, the biggest ever. Uh, And I think we're going to start seeing a a crisis of gotaways and runners because uh, the new system is going to create these long people are lining up by the thousands already. There's video out there in Mexican media, none in the U.S. media, U.S. media not covering this. Uh, And those people are going to not want to wait. They're going to just make a run for it. And a lot of other people are ineligible for this thing. They can't get the documents. And people are going to... More people, more people are going to die. More women and children. Three hundred thousand right here too. unaccompanied minors already. I, I, I just want to make sure people are, understand. In the Ukraine right now, where they're talking about you know this war metastasizing in the Ukraine, the British have admitted they can't put forward one combat division. They don't have enough men to put up one combat division. If you add the gotaways and the and the illegals that were actually caught at the border, that's three hundred and forty thousand in one month. That is. 34, 34 combat divisions, 34 combat divisions. That is twice the number of people or time and a half the number of people that landed on uh, on June 6th, uh, 1944 on uh, at, at Normandy. Uh, that is bigger. 340,000 is bigger than Patton's entire third army was only about 300,000 men. This is the scale. This is scale that's never been seen before. Uh, Todd, we got to bounce. I need to know where to get your new book and where to get your social media and all your writings. Newsweeks to be complimented. This is an incredible story. Nobody else does it. You got to They got to get and read it. Where do they go? Yeah, well, go see Newsweek today. Uh, my piece is in there. But you can find all of my work at toddbensman.com. Uh, my new book uh, will be coming out in uh, less than a month now. It's called Overrun. Uh, that is available for pre-order now. If you order it, uh, pre-order it now, it'll show up at your door. Uh, that is all about this border. It's the battle plan uh, for how to get out of this thing. We are going to get out of this thing. Uh, Todd, thank you very much from Center for Immigration Studies and one of the leading voices on the mathematics and the uh, and the 
crisis of the invasion of this country. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Congressman Matt Rosendale from Montana. Sir, when you hear these kind of numbers, and particularly the folks in, 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 in Montana that are among the hardest working people in this country, uh, how does it set with them when you hear that you've had 340,000 either it's, illegal entries at the border stopped or 90,000 gotaways, which I think the number's still another time and a half, that 340,000 in one month, sir? That's, that's a third of our entire population in my state, Steve. We, we have had, uh, since the Biden administration took over, uh, four, almost five times the total population of the state of Montana enter into our country illegally, either in the form of, of gotaways or folks that have had uh, encounters with law enforcement down there on the border. I talked to my attorney general on a regular basis, and he attributes pretty much all of our increase in crime, uh, drug apprehensions, human trafficking, all due to the, uh, the porous southern border. This is a disaster. It's a catastrophe. Use whatever language that you would like to, but it is, it's permeating throughout the entire country. And I, I just bumped into some Border Patrol guys on uh, Monday when I was flying back to Washington, D.C. from Great Falls, Montana, and they were flying down to train new Border Patrol agents on admitting people into our country. It's like they're travel agents now. It's, it's really bad. This is only going to stop when the people of this country are saying we, we can't allow this anymore because this is not they've gamed the Biden regime has gamed the asylum system. Our system was never set up for this. Or do you no. think people have finally had enough of it that they're, they're saying, because it's not being covered by the media. We pride ourselves on no, being the, one of the voices that put, th- put forward the math. Are people finally tired of it? You think they've had enough? Some. It depends on where you are. It's like anything else around this country. The places that are experiencing these uh, terrible, terrible human trafficking and the drug and people living in the streets, yeah, they're, they're completely uh, tired of it. Even the Democrats within those uh, cities that are living there and the Democrats that are leaving. I mean, I, I saw in the news this morning that Yuma's getting ready to declare a state of an emergency because they're getting ready to have the, a collapse of the entire city. So there are places around the country that have had it up, but there's a lot of other places that are still buffered or protected from it. They don't see what's taking place in the shadows, Steve. They don't see the drug transactions. They may not have witnessed the uh, the overdoses from fentanyl, uh, you know, and lost a family member or a friend. And unfortunately, uh, those folks ha- are not really ready to admit that there is a, a tragedy that's taking place on our southern border yet. Do you think the House, you were one of the magnificent six that hung in there and really, in the five days, the change of the direction of this country, uh, do you believe that the Republican House is actually going to take tough measures now and not just not performative, not just put up messaging bills, but you think that they're under uh, Speaker McCarthy prepared to take action on this? I know I am, and I know that there's a lot of people that are, and I, I certainly hope that uh, Speaker McCarthy takes and uses us as uh, a tool, if you will, to be able to force uh, changes in the administration. It's not just funding, but we will have to tie most of these decisions to the budgeting process or to the debt ceiling. Uh, Again, either which way, it's going to be tied to financial um, obligations and and measures that the administration wants to put forward. And we're going to have to tie those immigration reforms and the security of our border uh, to those provisions. We know what to do. I mean, there's no question about it. We can put the remaining Mexico policy 
make it uh, statutory. I, I introduced legislation to do that 18 months ago, for Pete's sakes, to say when people come into our country and they claim asylum, that they have to wait in Mexico until they have a hearing to make a determination if they can actually enter our country uh, with asylum status. And, and just by doing that, uh, you had 75% of the people that were waiting to adjudicate their asylum status went back to their countries of origin. And, and it also slows down the flow of people that are coming into our country trying to claim asylum. So we have to take measures like that. It's not just uh, to make sure that the CBP has more officers, that they have more facilities, that they have more resources, because all that will do is give them the ability to process people faster, release them into our country faster, and then uh, just accelerate the, the number of people that are coming to our country trying to, to get in illegally. You know, the uh, we pride our show is that this is the largest activist show in, in the country. I want to give them a little inside baseball. So you're saying going forward, because they took the gavel out of, out of speakers' hands with the, with the omnibus, which I know the folks in Montana are outraged about. But you're saying in this process of going through budgeting and appropriations this year and the debt ceiling, which is upon us, and that's going to be a negotiation, in one of those two methods that deals with money that can actually choke down DHS, your belief is that in one of those two or a combination uh, of both, that we're going to start to see the Republican MAGA populist nationalist policies to save the sovereignty of the country will be in those in the debt where that's the leverage. And certain of these points are going to be non-negotiable. Am I, is that, that my understanding from you? That is the only place that we're going to be able to use, the, uh, that we will have leverage and that we will be able to use the leverage in order to change the policy. Uh, we will put forward bills, and you're going to see that, and it's basically going to lay down the, um, the agenda of what the Republicans want to achieve between now and it looks like they're going to really have to make some serious decisions about the debt ceiling in late May or June. Until that time, they're going to be able to shift funding around. And then the uh, budget, because of the omnibus uh, being passed, we're going to uh, have funding available through uh, September. So that means August, September, we'll have some conversations about what to do there. But, but you'll see the legislation that gets passed between now and then, Steve, that basically lays down what the agenda uh, needs to be in order to resolve this problem. But until we can tie it to those spending provisions, that's when we can f force the, uh, the issue. What, you know, if it hadn't been for you six and then your other 14 colleagues, what we call the 20 and the six, um, this country right now would be in a very different arc. Uh, you uh, heroes uh, saved this country, right? Was it perfect? Uh, no, it was not perfect. Uh, but, but what if folks, I just want to make sure, what are folks back in Montana telling you about your stand during those, uh, those really incredibly historic five days? You know, I was really pleased. I spent all last week back traveling around the state, and I, and I went to Yellowstone County and Gallatin County and Lewis and Clark County and Cascade County. So we're talking about a, a bunch of very diverse uh, areas, so Billings and Bozeman and uh, Helena and Great Falls, and there was an outpouring of support for what we were able to accomplish, and it was about the rules. The, the folks understand they uh, tuned in to C-SPAN, they watched what was actually taking place without a filter, and what they heard was that there was a big battle 
about restoring regular order to the House of Representatives to allow all bills that were passed in committee to be brought out to the floor, to allow the members of Congress to amend those bills if they were had something that was germane to the subject matter uh, to the bill, to require bills to only have one subject uh, to be discussed instead of having these 4,000, 4,500 page documents with so many uh, provisions jammed within them, including 7,000 earmarks, you know, that, that that is not going to be acceptable any longer. And to make sure that, that the members have 72 hours, true 72 hours, uh, to review legislation before they are asked to take a vote upon it. And so when they see that and they see that we were relinquishing or distributing the power from the speaker and from the select uh, rules committee, this, this group of people that were selected by the speaker, that everyone was going to have an equal voice and they understood that, they, they were very overwhelmingly supportive of it. What is in the three areas, investigation, spending, and debt ceiling? What, what, what do you bring back from your, your, uh, your time back among your constituents? What, what did they tell Matt Rosendale? This is, this is our strongest recommendation of what to do, sir. So they understand that we can do a lot of investigation. Uh, however, we are still going to be dependent upon the Department of Justice, who we're going to be investigating, uh, to charge and prosecute people. So they do not want us to consume all of our time there and uh, to address the uh, national security issues and the, the debt ceiling and the fiscal issues uh, equally. So, I mean, I, I look at a ratio of probably about 20 percent uh, for investigative purposes and then the other 80 percent to actually address good legislation and the this uh, fiscal issues that we're going to be facing over the next year. They try to keep they try to keep the working folks and they keep middle class. It's really to make this so obscure. But you're saying out in Montana, they understand this debt ceiling is is the fight and they want they want you in on that fight. Oh, absolutely. And, and what they understand is that the debt ceiling is is just one of those leverage points. Uh, the president still has there's revenue that comes in every day, Steve. And once you hit the debt ceiling, that doesn't mean that that bills don't get paid. What it means is that you can't borrow any more money. And so you still have revenue that comes into the federal government every day. And all of a sudden it puts the president in a position where if we do not uh, start directing where what bills are going to get paid, then the president makes decisions about what bills are going to be paid. So, of course, you start prioritizing your Medicare, your Social Security, your uh, national defense, and you make sure that all those things are covered. And the spread between what you have revenue for and what actually isn't available is not really that big. And that's why when you heard last week that we're bumping up against the debt ceiling, uh, and, and Secretary Yellen now is starting to, you know, shift some of those payments around that, that we're going to uh, be able to pay bills through May. But I will also tell you this, that there's not a banker in this country that would look at this balance sheet that is uh, owned by the United States government. And if you took the name of the United States government off of it and, and just said John Doe is $31 trillion in debt and the hole is getting deeper and has done nothing to address the, uh, the debt load and the repayment schedule, the banker wouldn't renew that loan. So, so we as, as a Congress have to start making decisions about what we really need to be spending money on. And, and when they talk about mandatory spending, there's a lot more that has been shifted over to mandatory spending 
than just Social Security and Medicare. Every time a piece of legislation gets passed now, uh, they're trying to push that onto the mandatory side of the ledger so that they never have to review it again. And, and we must start reviewing all of that legislation and all of those obligations and to find out if they're actually accomplishing anything and are they the role of government anyway. We've only got a minute. Uh, I've got to ask you, your colleague Jim Banks announced uh, at the beginning of the year, Just a, he was on the show last week about running for the Senate in Indiana. You went through the state. Can you just give us an update on your timing and when you're going to make a decision? You have many fans that watch this show. Yeah, we've had a lot of time. Um, I've always said that I, I simply want to serve where I can be the most effective for my community. And that means my, my county, my state, my nation. And uh, right now, we've got the, some really big battles to come ahead. And I want to make sure that we put the strongest candidate possible forward to defeat John Tester. Because, Steve, you know, I know, and the people of Montana know, he doesn't represent Montana. And so we must replace him. And, and I'm just all in for making sure we put the best candidate possible forward. And if people think that, that uh, maybe they, they would like to give me some, some advice, at Rep. Rosendale, at Rep. Rosendale, they can reach me. Okay, we want to. We're going to put that into all the chat rooms. You got that one down now. The comms team. The comms team has got you up to speed. Congressman, really, really thankful that you came on here. You're a big hero to this audience. So thank you so much Thanks for taking for time away. You know you're busy. Thanks for spreading the word, Steve. We appreciate the, you. The, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow morning, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to start all over again. It's going to be on fire. We'll see you then. <laughs> 